piece of iron chain. It's a familiar object. Might be a bar on a gravel driveway. It might rest in an emergency truck, a use in towing an automobile. It might. In this case, it was the cause of death. Remember this, Bosby? Hey, of course, Inspector. You knew, didn't you? We just about then closed the file on the Pelt killing. Yes, you told me. It's just as well there's no statute of limitations on murder. And today, that train can be seen in its place in the Black Museum. Department of the London Police, we bring you the dramatic stories of the crimes recorded by the objects in Scotland Yard's Gallery of Death, the Black Museum. Until we do. 
Let me have a report in the morning. The morning was eight hours away. Sergeant Preston walked up the quiet street in the London suburb where each house stood alone on its own plot of ground. Even in the inadequate light from the street lamps, the sergeant could see something of well-kept lawns and trim hedges. He turned into the concrete driveway, skirted two garages and tended back gardens, finding his way to a screen back porch where a light showed briefly. You came, Sergeant. Thank you for the light. My torch. I didn't want you to try the wrong house. This way. I thought we'd wait in the upstairs sitting room. Whatever you think best, Mist. It's your ghost. Yes, isn't it? The stairs are this way. The sergeant felt rather than saw in the darkness that it was a large house. Seemed to be several rooms on the ground floor and upstairs. They passed three closed doors before they entered the sitting room, which apparently extended the full width of the building. That's the comfortable chair. It was father's. Thank you, miss. A drink? Uh, no, thank you. Uh, I'll smoke, if I may. Oh, yes, of course. When does he come? Midnight? Any time after I've gone to bed. Usually. Around now. What 
it is will be gone now. Maybe tomorrow night. Well, you'll report this to the inspector. Oh, please. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, shouldn't you go to a hotel for a while, Miss, till this is cleared up? Oh, I thought of that a week ago, Sergeant. But, well, I, I like my own room. And if it isn't my father, he won't harm me. He'd never do that. You're very certain of that, aren't you, young lady? Aren't you a bit confused? If you believe that, why worry? Why go to the police, to the yard? Why be frightened of a fatherly ghost? Well, the sergeant asked that. I know, I know, but I wanted someone else to hear him. I was scared. Maybe I was imagining things. I'll be all right, sergeant. I expect I'm safe in my own house. And so you send the sergeant on his way, the sergeant who ought to have searched the house. You take him down the back stairs and out the back door, Joan. You go upstairs, alone, to your own room, start to undress. Talk to yourself, give yourself courage. Stop it, Joan, stop it. Stop it, here. There's nothing to be afraid of. You're not going crazy. Oh, but that's 
impossible, Inspector. None of them... None of them would uh, want you out of the way? No, of course not. I see. Then, how do you account for this, Miss Thomason, Sergeant? Yes, sir. Here it is. But where did you... In the cellar of your house, under some burlap bags, right near the furnace, Miss Thomason. The furnace with its tin ducts to the registers in the room above. Many youngsters use these echoing ducts to imitate a ghost or to overhear what was going on in another room. As I said before, Miss Thomason, this is a mighty corporeal ghost. He saw through stairs. He uses hot air ducts to amplify his voice. He carries his own sound. I don't like this any more than Sergeant Pritson does, Miss. I don't like it at all. And today, that same chain can be seen in the museum. And all those 
those involved were related to each other as a pattern, which is continued in Bristol. All right, I'll uh, have you on a cup, then. I thought to believe she was uh, uh, retired, quiet, uh, the usual. I think she had some headache, and did I should like to? I wish I could have someone had a stick in the bottle. I know, and of best nothing. Anything else? The prints on the bottle? No. She's put some wear on it, she took the bottle out of the cabinet. Her landlady said she had a visitor the day before, but she did, foremost to all that sort of thing. Mind if I go to that landlady? No, not at all. Her name is Ross. Help yourself. Quite a talker, that woman. Got away. It was a semi-detached villa with a vacancy sign on the door. Mrs. Ross was indeed quite a talker. Inspector Hall let her talk. At least 15 years. Oh, a wonderful woman, Inspector, sir. So many of our students come to see her even after she retired. The kind of teacher you don't find nowadays. I know exactly what you mean, ma'am. And she was so happy that day. What with her cousin being here the day before and all. Her cousin, Mrs. Ross? Yes, I remember it clearly. She called. She was going out for a bit of cake for tea. Now that her cousin, Michael Stroud, had come to see her. A new name. Another cousin. One Michael Stroud, carefully now, Inspector. Carefully. You don't happen to know where he was from now, do you, ma'am? Oh, from London. I have the address. Found an envelope in the waste paper basket while I was clearing out the poor thing's room. Did uh, you tell this to the police? No, sir. They were so busy with their bustle and dusting everything for fingerprint statements. Yes, 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 of course. Uh, now, Mrs. Ross, uh, may I have that address, please? That is, uh, if you still have it. Her teletype message travels much faster than a train from Bristol to London. By the time the inspector reached his office, Sergeant Preston was waiting with the answer. We've been there, sir. Uh, Michael Stroud had a flat at the address, but he's moved and left no forwarding address. Oh, uh, when did he move out? July 13, sir. The day after the Carstairs woman died. When the quarry is escaping, what do you do? Well, the least you can do is close some of the gaps in the situation. Try to develop motive and opportunity. The inspector permitted Joan Tomlinson to leave the hospital and to proceed in his company to the office of the solicitor. Now, sit down, Joan. And to, Inspector. Oh, thank you, Mr. Thomas. Thank you. I, uh, I gather something is amiss. Mr. Thomas, we have reason to believe that three people have died because of Miss Tomlinson's inheritance and that her own life is in danger. Well, that's unbelievable, sir. It usually is. However, the three who are dead are all, uh, were, all second cousins of Miss Tomlinson, her next of kin. What we are here to find out is, does the will under which she inherits her property state to whom that property devises in the event of her death. Mm, not exactly. Uh, that is, if she dies intestate, the property under the law would pass to her next of kin in equal shares, of course. Uh, Mr. Thomas, uh, with all her second cousins dead, a third cousin would be next in line? Correct? Oh, absolutely. Of course, I, I know of no such relatives, sir. Unfortunately, sir, we do. His name is Michael Stroud. His whereabouts at present are unknown. Motive present, very definitely present. Opportunity obvious, and seized at least three times in Manchester, Norwich, and Bristol. As to the next move, the inspector outlined a plan. Tomlinson, do you still believe in ghosts? No, not. Well, will you be afraid to stay marked alone? I see. I'm going to see the Absolutely. You 
only the end. Joan left the hospital, returned to her house, to the memories, to the now silent ducks, to the still chiming clock. The first night was uneventful. Mothers followed. Bit by bit, Joan slipped back into her normal everyday routine, a girl in her home with a servant during the day alone at night. The ghost, the three deaths in three cities, the inspector began to take on aspects of a dream. Reality was coming home after an evening in the city, going upstairs, listening to the little clock. Preparing for sleep, indulging in a little habit of talking to herself. There's nothing to worry about. Really nothing. He's gone away. Out of the country, maybe. Oh, forget Michael Stroud, Joni. Forget the whole thing. What's that? How are you, Joan? Feeling well and safe? Get out. Whoever you are. That won't work, Jenny. You know I'm your cousin, Michael. Come to call. But I... I never saw you before. In my life? I know, dear. And now that you have seen me, what else is there to live for? You... You couldn't get away with it. Oh, yes, I could. I can. I will. You'll be a lovely suicide, dear. Carbon monoxide from the register, from the furnace. Or maybe, yes, maybe they'll call it accidental death. Inspector Hollis signed you. Oh? He let away you. I doubt it. He wasn't around to seize me tonight, was he? And I'm very good at hiding. More. I never tie me to Cousin Larry or Cousin Jerry or Cousin... They will. They have. <laughs> They're a fingerprint. Ah, there now. That's their worry, not mine. Now sit down. In that chair. I will. Sit down. I have it planned perfectly, John. You'll sit down. I'll tie you in that chair, shut the windows, the door, turn on the heat. You'll be gagged, too. I forgot to mention that. You'll die. No. I'll come back, put you on the bed. No! You can't make me! I said sit down and shut up! Take him in charge, Sergeant. Do you have enough? A cat! We're still in the bed, Sergeant. Look out! Thank you, sir. Forgetting he's gone away, sir. Nicely handled, Sergeant. You all right, Miss Donaldson? Yes, I... I think so. He is a very corporeal ghost. Isn't he, Inspector? Definitely. And I believe his corporeal fingerprints will match those in the handle of a very corporeal knife in Manchester, a steering wheel in Norwich, a bottle in Bristol, and a certain chain in the possession of Scotland Yard. The case was clear. The defense was helpless. Close of traditional time one morning in the usual manner. And Michael Stroud at the hand.